0: Hello, Vegas! With the 90th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select... We'll do it together. Dylan Parham! From Mississippi! it's uh, dylan parham from memphis the las vegas raiders select the wickedly talented one and only a dozen
1: i thought that they lacked serious nasty in the first quarter you know the old greg popovich thing i need some nasty <laughs> he lacked Density. Uh, I hate this term in sports, but I'll use it right now. They were out physicaling the Warriors. That's not proper. How does
0: is that? Uh, real, are they out physicaling the
1: Warriors? Yeah, people say that, but it's like let's not talk like that. They were more physicaling the Warriors. Yeah, I've heard people say that. Or maybe it's just me. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast, and all of them stink, except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion Man with Steven Lankford and Derek Papa. Steven, what do you think's more Las Vegas? Derek Carr's mohawk or Wayne Newton announcing a Raiders draft pick?
0: I'd say Wayne Newton announcing the
1: draft pick, no doubt. Okay. I'm asking you the same question I asked Alon last Friday because I want to get your opinion on it. Derek Carr's mohawk. Are you a fan? Yes or no? No. Yeah, I wasn't either. No, just not like, at all. Dude, what's happened to you? And then he's in his white suit at the mohawk looking like a Bond villain or like a you know sleazy dude from Vegas. But- well, the white suit, no problem.
0: No problem on the white suit for me. The yeah, hair, it looked though, like he was
1: about to pull out a tiger or something.
0: Yeah. No, there's there's always a there's always that holding period because you knew that the hair that he had last season, which was every time he'd take his helmet off, he'd look like 90s sitcom dad. He'd look like Steve Gutenberg as a quarterback or Me with long like, hair, st- straight, straight, straight police academy uh, where it's all slicked back and kind of like matted. But Ooh, uh, what? Gutenberg. Yeah, exactly. Gutenberg. I love a good
1: Gutenberg reference.
0: But uh, now it's just turned into, like, wannabe motorcycles. Like he looks like someone in a motorcycle gang who's like the son of the leader. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. So you haven't yeah. seen the Wayne Newton thing? No, I didn't. But okay. I love that. I love that Wayne Newton's a part of it. He's one of my favorite oh, parts dude. in Vegas Vacation, where he's just absolutely <laughs> holding Clark-, Clark Griswold. He looks like such like
1: a wax museum. Uh, First off, (laughs) welcome everybody to Just Your Opinion Man, Stephen Langford, Derek Papa. If you saw what happened on Friday with all of the second round picks, third round picks, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, they had celebrities and ticket holders and other people that are associated with either the city or the teams announce the picks. And Wayne Newton coming out at 90 years old, I I think he's 90, Whatever, whatever, he's, he's getting up there, but he's, you know, He's put together. He still looks like, like he's a young man, but he doesn't sound like it. So he came out sounding like, Hello, Vegas! With the 61st pick, or whatever it was, 91st pick. the tw- In the 22 draft, the Raiders take. And then, he, and then Marcus Allen is there next to him. So he calls Marcus Allen to come over, and he goes, We'll say it together. Come on, come over here. And Marcus <laughs> doesn't say anything. He just goes... Dylan Parnum from Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Then Rich Eisen or Mike Greenberg then say, it's Dylan Parnum from Memphis. (laughs) He said it with (laughs) such confidence in his voice, like it was John Travolta introducing (laughs) Adela C.
0: well, that's what you're supposed to do man you gotta have the confidence but it was he, so and, 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 wrong was And quite just... frankly it's way more than than john travolta it's way more but i'm laughing so hard at this oh uh,
1: yeah he dude he he, he looks, like, looks like a wax figure
0: oh my gosh looks like the joker
1: yeah oh, wow 1960s joker
0: yeah, no, I mean he. It sounds like he had more confidence in what John Travolta was saying, though. John Travolta did not have any. confidence oh, no! The wickedly talented. <laughs> I was waiting for the wickedly one talented one and only Dylan Parnum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible man. Uh, what's the, like a what's a popular Wayne Newton song? Are we supposed to know one like off the top no. of our heads? I. I
1: more so know like is, is Wayne Newton in the same vein as like Neil Diamond like like snazzy performers from Vegas from the 1950s or 19 not, not 1950s but 1980s. I'd say Neil Diamond was far more than that though, wasn't he? Well, yeah. The only thing I know about Neil Diamond is a few songs, but he was like a Vegas performer. And my favorite thing is always Saturday Night Live when Will Ferrell would play Neil Diamond. It's like Neil Diamond, you bet your balls, it's Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, saving Silverman, the cover band, the Neil Diamond cover band. I'm all yes, about it.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, God. Saving
0: Silverman. You know what's uh you know what's really funny is Ernie, our loyal listener, sends this and then all of a sudden we have zero viewers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wow, he really did go check out this video of Wayne Newton. He's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm surprised no one saw it. It was just hilarious to me. Just the, the confidence in
1: his voice. Just hello,
0: Vegas. Uh that's that's too good. Anyway, how was your weekend, sir? It's fantastic, man. Was in wine country, Paso Robles. It's called. Are you and... more of a wine guy now? No, I've never really been like. I've always kind of been a wine guy, but never been a wino. Uh, well, what is it? What is it? What's the definition of a wine guy to you? Just somebody <laughs> who drinks wine. A wine guy
1: is a guy that is forced to drink wine because his girlfriend wants him to drink wine now.
0: Mm no i i'd well i'd suppose that i'm the uh i'm the wine guy i've been a wine guy even prior Uh, all right yeah i used to never get never with my mom when i was living living at home me and my mom (laughs) share a glass on a friday night what up you know
1: (laughs) i like it you you and your mom have a nice uh Jerry Bus, Mrs. Bus relationship, if you've kept up with the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, and she swears at me all the time and is trying <laughs> to steal my estate and all my team and all sell that. Sell the settlement. money back to your ex-wife? Yeah, sell them all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it was cool. We uh, went over there, and uh, I had what I'm pretty sure is the best pizza I've ever had. Which really? Was awesome, yeah. That's a bold statement, sir. Oh, it's this place called Della's over there, and it's like fancy pizza, you know what I mean? It's not like no. sloppy pizza pizza that we all have over here like chucky e. cheese like, yeah yeah none of that none of that they didn't have like just the regular you know oh pepperoni the all meat combo and all those types of things they had a bunch of different ones but uh it was the dough the dough is what made it oh mm-hmm. unbelievable so if you're ever in paso robles Della's, okay yeah. and yeah. what made it the best pizza you ever had just the dough literally the dough the dough, the toppings, the mix of it, the taste of it, it was all just perfect. It was, it okay. really was. It was so soft. Oh, it was the great. It was oh, really good. Soft it was, pizza. It was like in a wood, what does it call it? A wood fire grill or whatever. Wood, a wood burning, yeah. wood, wood stove. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Ernie, check it out. So, uh, <laughs> brick oven <laughs> pizza on. is what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was really cool, man. Okay. All right. Time. Would you say, just real quick,
1: What's your definition of a pizza, or um, what's the other term? Uh, shit, hold on. It's pizza or f- flatbread. Okay, so is flatbread a pizza? No. Okay. It's so the t- so so what's your definition? Okay, so so what's your definition of a pizza, and what's your definition of a of a,
0: a flatbread? Well, it's the dough, right? Because. Yeah. It's all about the pizza dough. Like there's a very specific type of dough, whereas flatbread, it's just the same type of pizza toppings, but on bread. Okay. I I guess that's the best explanation
1: of of what to say, but I I I often use shapes. Pizza is triangular, where flatbread square. But you can have square pizza. I've seen it before, like in Detroit, that's how they do yeah. shit there. Yeah. So that's wrong. <laughs>
0: They're doing it wrong in Motown, baby. They're in their pizza all fucked up. No, I, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference there. It's not like the, you know, the whole is a hot dog a sandwich. This is like hot dogs are not a sandwich. Like, this is legitimately like two things that are very different. Now, the hot dog is a sandwich thing. Those things are two completely different things. And I don't know how Mm -hmm. you'd try and convince me otherwise. What's the other one? Like, is a, Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, and is a uh, one that always gets me. What's the difference between like a wrap and a burrito? And uh, I guess uh, you'd say the filling.
1: Yeah, the wrap is supposed to be healthy like chicken Caesar, where a burrito has burrito-y things, Mexican-style
0: food. Yes. Yeah. So solving all the food problems. Anytime you get into these arguments, you can always think that there's a difference between one or the other, even though they might be the same. They might be the same, and we all have differences of opinion, like whether or not Draymond Green should have been ejected from that
1: game yesterday. Speaking mm. of which, he is literally on the TV right now, TNT pregame for 76ers and Heat. This guy's making the rounds. He immediately puts out a podcast yesterday after the fact, and I love that. We'll talk about that. But Draymond, if he wants this story to go away, it's not going away because he keeps perpetuating it. I love it. Yeah. But also this is his job now.
0: He's part of TNT. So yeah, he's literally on TV right now talking about it. Yeah. This all just so happened in a time I don't like it wasn't planned. You know? Like this yeah. is, I mean, it probably was gonna be him on TNT today. Like that was the idea when he was in Memphis. And you know, or or maybe they asked him to come on anyway, but uh no yeah, no, yeah. I mean they, they had to get his opinion on this because he was just you know slapping in Memphis yeah how how funny was that what what was that slapping in Memphis instead of walking to Memphis he's slapping oh. in Memphis okay gotcha uh new Elvis movie coming out by the way looking forward to that one Tom Hanks plays his manager um yeah it's quite Dr- creepy draymond uh the my favorite thing though was that was like my that was like the third thought that ran through my head after that ejection I'm like one. Okay, what the fuck? Two, um, how are the Warriors going to win this game? If they do win this game, what's going to happen? And then three, oh, man, is Draymond going to do a podcast? And sure enough, when the volume posted, that screenshot of him in in the exact same attire as he was in the tunnel with the glasses and the shirt and everything, <laughs> he looks like he just went straight to the hotel where we been started recording the podcast as soon as he got home. Like, like yeah. there was no, there was no lag, there was no, in, no lag in between time. It like, looked uh, like the hotel was walking distance from the stadium. Yes, the exactly, and I love it. Um, I don't want every player to do it because I don't want every player to have a podcast. Uh, I think Draymond's very unique. You don't want to hear Jimmy Garoppolo's way. podcast. Oh, my God, <laughs> that was, would... well, you
1: know, it, it, it kind of sucks. But, hey, man, I'm just here going to put a positive smile on. And, uh, yeah, hope for the best. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I love you guys. That's uh, it's it. You know, oh, Jerry, we love you, too. And then Derek Carr's podcast is, oh, man, got myself a new haircut. About to be all Vegas. I got a, I got myself a new haircut. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a new thing now. You know what I mean? He says that now. He said that after in the in the Adams presser. So um, that's my new that's my new car. You know what I mean? Oh no, sir. Keep keep the uh, keep the. Um, oh man.
1: <laughs> the, that, oh that, man. That, oh man. You know what I mean? That's my favorite part of the Derek Carr impression. Mm. Oh man.
0: That oh, Devontae. Yeah. Oh man. That white. Suit, oh my best oh, friend. Man. Oh man.
1: He's, he he's my best friend. Um. Do you want to so talk about the games first, or do you want to talk about the ejection?
0: want to uh... encompass
1: the two together. Hmm,
0: I'd say let's go to the Draymond ejection first. Yeah.
1: Okay, so the ejection. It was in the second quarter right before the half. Who was the player that he slapped or swiped at? Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. I was going to say Jason Clark, the guy that plays uh, uh, Jerry West on uh, Winning Time. So Brandon Clark. So everyone's seen the play. It looks like Draymond is going for the ball, but he hits him in the face, and then he proceeds to what he says, help him, help help him up by grabbing his jersey. And it turned into an awkward moment where we're all waiting to see if this is a flagrant one or a flagrant two. And I don't know if Draymond thought he was getting tossed out, but then he proceeds to sla- like do the- like pat himself on the head, get all crazy, jump around, yell at the fans. So was it a thing of he he thought that he was going to stay in the game? He's like, yeah, fuck all you people. Oh, you know what? I need to get out of here. Fine. I'll just, you know, I'll casually get out of here. Like I, I thought this was all part of the plan. Because <laughs> it was that part was awkward to me. He was just like, yeah, come on. Yeah, you're going to throw me out. Oh, shit. I've been thrown out. Okay. I'm going to slowly just get out of here.
0: I think he was doing it all as it was announced. I think he yeah. overheard it, and that's when he started high fiving the teammates. Um, he was trying to get everybody hyped up. He was trying to be like, I'm out of this game, so you guys
1: need to light a fire under your ass, and I'll do it for you right now.
0: I hated how it was explained. Like the flagrant two, when they said that it was a windup to his face, like there was no windup. He had his hands up because he's trying to guard slow-mo Kyle Anderson. Like, that's what he was – I was watching Draymond on that entire possession because he was going one-on-one with Anderson, and it's like this dude's fighting for the ball. He just picked his pocket, but uh, unfortunate bounce went back to Anderson's hands, and Draymond's like diving on the ground. Then he gets back up, and I wanted to see what he was going to do next. Then he tries to go to play defense on Anderson, who was already double-teamed at the rim – Then he Mm -hmm. dumps it off to Clark on the other side. So Draymond tries to go after Clark with his hand already up, hits his face, and then pulls down the jersey and holds him up. I do think Draymond did enforce throwing him down, though. It's not like he was falling down. Like Draymond, like Draymond got that part wrong. Like Draymond, you weren't just grabbing his shirt so you could hold him down. The reason that you had to hold him back up is because you pulled him down. So I didn't really get that part, but it shouldn't have been more than a flagrant one. That's it. It shouldn't have been. I
1: agree with you. I think Draymond's not as innocent as he lets on, but that's how he plays defense. Um, And yeah, there wasn't anything malicious, in my opinion, to throw him out of the game. And yeah, like going back to him getting thrown out of the finals, like do you want your best players thrown out of games for ticky-tack shit like that? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. And... What did Brendan uh, Clark say yesterday? Like, that's, you know, that's who he is or that's, that's the you know, that's, that's his rap that's sheet. That's, that's Draymond. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like, I do, I do agree that it is a, it's a history thing of Draymond where, you know, we know the history with him getting thrown out of the finals, all the techs, him kicking Steven Adams in the nuts. It's just how he is sometimes. He is really intense on defense but i didn't think there was anything malicious for him to get thrown out of the game like that that's not fun for basketball
0: no it's so stupid and it sets like this this precedent that like hey if this happens then we're gonna throw you out which it shouldn't like this is this is the playoffs man this is it's gonna be physical it's gonna get rough from time to time so i do think though and and what do you think do you think like his reputation played into it? Because if it did, then we got some real problems if reputation is a thing. Well, yes and no.
1: I think that, yes, reputation played a little factor into it just because it's Draymond. But I'm not surprised that the NBA didn't rescind this today. Because if they did, that would also cause a shitstorm of people. Like, well, then, you, he, you know, you can't throw him out of a game like that. It's too late. It already happened. What I am worried about now is, you know, Draymond does get techs. And that counts as two tech points. Mm -hmm. When you get to four, you're suspended. Yep. So Draymond's got to ease up a little bit. Um, Draymond's always had the reputation thing. I feel like it's a balance with him of having very animated conversations with referees, which some referees are willing to have and some aren't. But then he goes overboard sometimes. Like, when he gets his point across saying that's a bullshit call, then he'll keep saying that's a bullshit call, that's a bullshit call. And they're like, okay, Draymond, that's enough. Yeah. So, I'm worried just going forward that that's how Draymond is. He is intense. That's what makes him so great defensively, but also it's a hindrance to your team if he's not playing. Availability is the best ability. Right. So, I don't know. I mean... I will say this Draymond also has to know that like I, I, I listened to his podcast yesterday and it was it was great to hear him say it himself and not have to do a post game presser. So listen to the podcast. It's very interesting. It also it sounds to me like Draymond at times has split personality disorder where he's like he's like in the moment just all amped up and angry and everything. And then he's like Draymond. He's like he's like talking to himself like Draymond. Don't you think that based on your reputation that they're going to throw you out of this game? And then he's like, yeah, "Now I, th- and now I think to myself, okay, so now I'm two points away from being thrown out of a game, being suspended for a text, and that's something I do. Yeah. But doesn't he need to realize that? Like he's talking like as if it's like a past narration thing. Like, and little did I know that if yeah. I kept this up, I would have been thrown out.
0: Well, that's partially what he talked about, right? The little birdie on his shoulder telling I him know. to not do what he was doing. But, uh, like, that little birdie, I don't think that was a little birdie. I think that was Andre Iguodala and Kavon Looney that he was hearing. Yeah. Know, probably. <laughs> like, those guys looked so frustrated. And uh, Andre has been, been the voice of reason, reason on the bench. Sorry to cut you
1: off, but, yeah, Andre's been the voice of reason, you know, telling Clay don't be in your head after the game. So while Andre's not uh, playing right now with his neck, he is serving a purpose on the bench, but sorry, I was cutting you off there, Stephen.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, and by the way, the it's not technical fouls. Let's let's get it correct here on just your opinion, man, Derek. It's oh, flagrant. Sorry. It's the flagrant oh, point. Flagrant fouls, yeah. correct. Sorry. So if uh, yes. Yeah, so if you get four, then you're out, and uh, that's yes, what happened bad. in 2016. It wasn't just hey, yeah, they suspended him because uh, of LeBron. No, they didn't suspend him for that. They suspended him because of previous flagrants one of which was upgraded to two points with the steven adams kick to the nuts an accumulation of flagrants yes yes so it needs four flagrant points and i'm not gonna lie man that makes me nervous that really does it makes me nervous
1: too and even Draymond acknowledged that but he also said you know tim kawakami asked him today like does that you know creep into your head and he's like nope you know i'm gonna keep playing the way i play but here's my thing I agree with Draymond, and I agree with everybody. It was bullshit what happened yesterday. But going back to the 2016 finals, I remember sitting in that press room when Draymond Green came to the table after losing Game 7. And this is before I was stuck in the room with LeBron James and verbally said, I can't fucking deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) Draymond comes to the table, and he was very soft-spoken, and he was humble, and he was honest, saying, I can't put my team in a position like this again. I need to learn from my mistakes. And I think that was very moving at the time, and I think that was very honest. But also, I don't think he's shown that since. And, you know, we could go back to him getting thrown out of the Charlotte game a year ago, and he's calmed it down a little bit. He knows when it's important not to get thrown out of games. The LeBron James thing was out of his control. That was... LeBron baiting him, and it is what it is. But I also think that, you know, as good of a player he is, he also needs to realize that some of his actions lead to these things. So while fair or not fair, he did get thrown out of the game yesterday, and that is going to be a detriment to your team going forward. So if he, you know, gets another flagrant, one, two, it's going to be bad. So that's just something he needs to keep in mind going forward, that they have a real chance to win the NBA championship this season. And it hasn't been a problem before, so I think I'm probably going overboard here. But you just, you know, I just want you to stay calm. Please stay calm. You're a great defensive player. You don't need to swipe at people's faces, even though I don't think it was that big of a deal. But let's just calm down. We need you for and hopefully another series after this and
0: another series after that. Does it reset if no. he set, if you get suspended? Or, oh, is it is just it like, uh, or is it just like each flagrant from here on yeah, out, I mean, you get suspended <laughs> one more game? I feel like that's a question we ask every playoff run for the
1: Warriors. Uh, yeah. I think the, an- I think the answer it, is yes.
0: If it resets, man, then just get the flagrant two out the way. You can get suspended for one of these games. You've give, you've earned that luxury with your team winning game <sighs> one. <laughs> I don't know hurry about that. Get, hurry up and get another flagrant too. And no. Then, uh, stop uh, it. Wow. Uh, 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 uh dude, it's 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 not good. Uh it's not. But I wonder, man. I wonder if that podcast had anything to do with them not reducing it. Like Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, no one's they're not going to admit it, but the dude just literally went on there and trashed the refs when you're not supposed to speak. There's a reason you're not supposed to speak at press conferences after an ejection. Like like there's a reason you're not supposed to because you know that that player will do nothing but trash the refs. And he wasn't, he wasn't like um, he wasn't directing it at anybody. He wasn't, you know, like saying like this dude's terrible. This dude, blah, blah, blah. He was saying in the nicest way possible that he just doesn't understand why he got the tech. And he thinks that his reputation had something to do with it. I do think that recording a podcast and going out there and just, Spilling all of it. I think that played into it, even though it might, even though you might not think it does. I, I think it personally does.
1: I just don't think the NBA wants to look bad after doing that a year, a, a day ago. No. So they're not going to, they're not going to make their mistakes. And even Steve Javi during the moment said, Yeah, this is a flagrant two. So they're going to, they're going to hold did up he? the letter of the law. Did, yeah, I think
0: he did. Pretty sure he said it was a flagrant one.
1: He said he would have called it a flagger run, but he understands the wind-up and everything of why it was called a flagrant run, too. Ah, Steve. I know. I know. Hey, the great thing about this, they won. I'm glad that the conversation is not so intense today because, yeah. hey, they won the game. So the game itself, quick turnaround for the Grizzlies because they just finished up their series with the Timberwolves on, what was it, Thursday? or It was Friday, actually. Mm -hmm. Quick turnaround for them, but the Warriors had to travel to Memphis, and I thought that they lacked serious nasty in the first quarter. You know the old Greg Popovich thing? I need some nasty. (laughs) They lacked intensity. They lacked, you know, the, the biggest thing about the Memphis Grizzlies in their, i say always, is that they've always been considered, when they're good, a physical team even yeah. with the zebo days tony allen even to now they are considered a physical defensive you know, even they, they shoot a lot of threes as we saw yesterday right but they are a physical team and i thought that the grizzlies i hate this i hate this term in sports but i'll use it right now they were out physicaling the warriors you know that's not proper grammar.
0: Uh, Are they out-physicaling the Warriors? Yeah, people say that,
1: but it's like, let's let's not talk like that. They were more physical than the Warriors. I've heard people say that. Or maybe it's just me. Uh, um, But yeah, they were more physical than the Warriors in the first quarter, and I think it's kind of a uh, mixed blessing because had Draymond not been ejected from that game, I'm not sure we do win that game because I think it lit a fire under their ass Especially in the third quarter, uh, how, how are they doing in the third quarter? I think they outscored them. What was it, thirty-two to or thirty-six to twenty-nine? As they do, DEFCON three comes through again. They always do great in the third quarter. Dubcon Dub- three, Derek. Dubcom three. My bad. My bad. Damn it. Well, let, 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 let's talk about this. They started off the game with a lineup change. They did go with GP two guarding John Morant. While uh-huh. John Morant did a good job. He made more threes than he did in yesterday's game than he did in the whole series against the Timberwolves. Yeah. I think that's a good thing going forward. I like that. Um, Jordan Poole had his best game coming off the bench uh point wise, 31 points in the playoffs. Uh they gotta find a way to stop this Jaron Jackson Jr. guy. 33 points, nine of or six of nine from three. Um and then yeah, I mean the Warriors just they looked like the more Playoff
0: experience team They're, that... uh, I, I disagree I don't think Jared Jackson Jr. Is going to be the one they have to stop um, That dude's not Going to score like that Like not every all. game he's, but that was a pretty good performance but yes i agree with you it was fantastic he's an athletic he's an athletic marvel he's unbelievable although his shooting stroke really bothers me it's like he extends his arm all the way out extends his arms all the way out and then he lets go of the shot it's just it looks very it's aesthetically displeasing but um The guy that I'm watching out for in this next game and someone who can get them going who didn't is uh, Desmond Bain. That dude Mm -hmm. is an unbelievable three point shooter, only going one of five in this one, um, with Steph primarily guarding him. But GP2's poster in the first quarter, Mm -hmm. that kind of like sucked the life out of Desmond Bain, I think, mentally, that was getting at him. But I think going forward, you can afford to let Jaron Jackson do that. And as a matter of fact, I hope he gets more confidence along with John ja Morant, too, um, where they're just going to shoot threes. Like, I'm totally OK with that because they're not going to do it at a clip that they were doing that. Uh, but Bain is one that I personally think if you're, if you're going to look for someone here who it's like, well, they're going to have to figure out a way to stop them. Well, Bain is one. I'm thinking you got to figure out a way to continue to stop him and not let him impact the games because, like that Jaron Jackson Jr. game, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen every game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and they didn't let him really do anything in the fourth quarter. It was really all John Morant, and uh, eventually they played some good defense on him. But um, yeah, man, I, I I'm with you though. Like they they are gonna Jaron Jackson Jr. They do have their hands full with him, but he's not gonna. He's not going to shoot like that again. No, I he's will. not. The, the, the so. problem is John Morant. And even though I like GP2
1: in the glove lineup, uh, you know, he's going to get his. Uh, mm-hmm. John Morant's a fantastic player. But it's crazy to me that the Warriors probably had their worst game of the playoffs. And the Grizzlies, John Morant played a great game. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. He uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. had a fantastic game. They they played A basketball, but they needed to play their A++ basketball, and it just didn't work out. And that's got to be a, a, a demoralizing feeling that they got Draymond ejected. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a fantastic game. Joe, John Moran had a fantastic game, and in the end, it wasn't good enough. And the Warriors, I think they played B++. But honestly, like that's all they needed because they the experience is just so much better than what a full effort of the Grizzlies have right now because they're so young that they're going to miss shots. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Stephen. Like they are good defensively and Desmond Bain is their best three point shooter, but Mm -hmm. they're not going to keep shooting threes like that. It's going to it's going to turn into a Houston Rockets situation when they start missing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it actually it actually reminded me of game five like we were talking about prior to the series. Uh, game five when Kevin Durant went down and the Warriors yeah. still found not wait to win that one and then following it up they won game six that's what it was reminiscent to me of because it was a fantastic postseason performance but when I, I'd say you can classify this when people are already starting to put it as one of the greatest postseason games in Warriors in this dynastic run uh, out of it and I'm like hmm. m- maybe is it being a close game but as far as their performance as a as a team Certainly not their best. No. Like, like, no. like. There's. They weren't clamping them up on defense. They weren't doing any of that. They won it in the beginning of the third quarter. In the beginning of the fourth quarter, when Steph was sitting on the bench, and then Jordan Poole had seven points. I think uh, Jordan Poole was fantastic. Yeah, to amazing. me, the time that the 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 ass was lit, so to speak, <laughs> uh, for the Warriors. <laughs> the time that it was what lit. Did that ass get on fire? With about a minute left in the second quarter It was after Draymond got ejected And that's when FedEx Form is going insane Uh, Brandon Clark Misses the one of two free throws They go for the alley-oop with Morant And -hmm. then Morant hits another shot Over Kaminga And that's where he proceeds to Or was it then? Where he proceeds to tell Steph That Jonathan Kaminga can't guard him And then Steph looked back and said Bet and like <laughs> in the closing lineups, Steph gets the block in the fourth quarter. Like he's been playing some fantastic defense. And then, you know, everything that so happened with Did you see the uh did you see what happened with the Grizzlies inbound? So you remember as everyone does, when Jokic is calling for the lob. You know, he's calling mm-hmm. for the lob on the other side of the court, saying this lob is gonna this pass is gonna go to Wiggins when Draymond was already fouled out and it was uh, Otto Porter on the inbounds and Andre Iguodala already had five fouls. He called for the lob. He knew it was coming because he studied their film. Well, uh, yeah. Jacob Rubin, who's the player development coach basically told the team, like once he saw the alignment, Hey, this is what's coming. So he showed them all the tape and says, I expect this play to happen, which was you got John Moran on the other side of the court, three of the Grizzlies lined up along the free throw line. Um, Clay Thompson primarily guarding Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain are on the opposite sides. Kind of looked like Orion's belt. And uh, and those two guys switch sides, go to the corner. So they stand in the corner waiting for waiting for the three. So they take a couple of defenders out of it. Then John Morant just sprints past Gary Payton like a running back because Payton was face guarding him. And then Clay came off of Clark because he knew that Clark wasn't going to be waiting, holding that ball and getting the shot, so he came off Clark and tried to shade Job ja Morant to the other side and stop some It was a very well drawn up play, but the Warriors knew uh, that it was going to happen. So shout out to Jacob Rubin. Pretty cool stories like that, man. Good job, Jay Rubin. Um,
1: just real quick, finishing up the game. Yeah, the Warriors played great defense when they needed to. Clay or Steph was amazing with 24 points. I see what you're saying now, though, with the free throws. That's becoming an issue. Um, Just because they're not automatic, and you expect them to with Steph. And you do have an argument to be made with Jordan Poole and him taking the tech three throws. But uh, I'd still go with Steph. But, yeah, it it is dicey now, which is something I never thought I would say. But it is what it is.
0: Andrew Wiggins making the two free throws down the stretch. That was huge with three minutes left. Man,
1: I was... Because Andrew Wiggins has just been so infuriating to me. I think he's great defensively, and he he fits well with the offensive scheme. But, God, offensively, sometimes he just drives me crazy. So I'm glad he sunk those in and was clutch. Why, on the other why, side, does, he,
0: why does he drive you crazy? Where, where was the...
1: I, I think that he definitely serves a purpose on the roster, and I don't want to trade him for Rudy Gobert, whatever that erroneous report is, um, which wasn't even a report. It was just, uh, I think... Um, wind horse talk about it on a
0: podcast. Did you see this? There's yeah, a rumor you have pet bees. I don't want you on my team. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair. Pet bees, get out of here.
1: But no, I you know Andrew Wiggins just he should be on the. He hornet. has, he has. Yeah, he. I just feel like he could take games over. And he just doesn't, and it doesn't fit well in this offense. But there's sometimes where I don't know, like I wanted to be more aggressive. Um offensively and he just does
0: he doesn't have it. I don't think that's his job anymore. Like I, I think not, it's it's job his sh- job is straight up get rebounds. Like that's it. That's, fine. that's that was huge yesterday. Yeah, no, it was. So I, I, I think mean, I think throw- I think those free throws with three minutes left though, that showed like Yeah, psychologically, his confidence was there, man, and then he was going out there and just jumping all over the place and making it tough for the Grizzlies to fight for every rebound. Um, I thought Wiggins was awesome in yesterday's game, so I understand like where you're coming from. You want him to be more aggressive, sure, Um, and 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 that's that's rightfully so. But if he if he has games like that in crunch time, where because he's done that before, um, going back to what was it game? Uh, what was that, game three, where he got the offensive rebound, which led to Jordan Poole with this unbelievable layup. Like, if Wiggins, like, if he's not aggressive, then okay. But if he does that toward the end of games, then I can live with that. No, I'm probably just asking too
1: much. Uh, It's the same thing when I get frustrated with Harrison Barnes. They're both... Just unsung heroes and what they do. So I, I'm probably just being critical. No, well,
0: no. I mean, you, what you're saying—it's with his contract. It's—I I think you have a point because he is one of the top four players that are played on this team. You—you you should expect a little more out of him. Maybe I'm being soft, and maybe my expectations are just no. that low. But uh, that's really what I was thinking.
1: No, I mean, I when we got Andrew Wiggins. I wasn't expecting him to be the Andrew Wiggins from Minnesota that everybody wanted him to be, but I do want him to have a little more intensity in the playoffs. That's it. Just like, I don't know, like just little layups here or there. Like I, you should make those.
0: But you think? Uh, did you think that uh, even on those free throws that he's that he's shooting? Did you think that he should have made that dunk? Like because I, I, I think I oh, think that was yeah the yeah, one. yeah yeah was yeah. that the one where he was going up for two hands? That yeah. was the one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, just just little things, but I remember, it, I remember, I thought, I thought Wiggins was about a yam. I was like, let's go yeah. Wiggins, and then it didn't happen.
1: I just wanted to play with a little, like he definitely, like where's the intensity he had? He had from putting forty one up against the Timberwolves. Yeah, he should I be playing know. with that every single game. But I, you know, they won the game; it's all good. Yeah. The thing that I was shocked with, and then got me all nervous at the end, was Clay's missed free throws. Mm. And Clay, we love Clay. Um, He's missed two seasons coming back. He's playing great. But man, those were just clankers yesterday. And in the end, they won. And, you know, if if John Moran gets that layup in, we're like, shit, that's what a demoralizing win. And it, you know, encompasses everything with Draymond being ejected. But, it you know, it goes our way. But Clay, I don't know, man, like he's still a little bit in his own head and it may be just a psychological thing from not playing for two seasons, but he rushed those free throws a little bit. And then afterwards you saw they won the game and he was on the court verbally saying, I fucking missed those free throws. And Andre grabs him and is just like, let's move on, dude, let's go to the next game. And that's why this team is so great because they all have each other's backs. You know, they're all, they, they are just resilient, whether it's them coming together in Houston to beat the Rockets without Kevin Durant or yesterday without Draymond, their emotional leader, the guy that makes everything flow offensively and defensively. He is, in football terms, he is the quarterback and he is the middle linebacker. He Everything goes through Draymond, and the fact that they got that done yesterday was just so impressive and just speaks to what Steph yesterday, said yesterday, just their championship DNA.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, but um, I also don't think that uh, as far as Clay goes, I'm not too worried about. Um, I'm not worried about the free throws. I'm just not. Um, he shot ninety percent from the line throughout the season. He hasn't had that many this year. I do think that's just a that's just a bad game, and it did lead to one of my favorite favorite Clay Thompson moments. You're saying that he looked like he was saying, "I fucking missed those free throws to Andre." Well, my favorite part was when he went to the other side of the court, went back to that free throw line where he made those misses <laughs> yeah. and then looks at the crowd and said, fuck them free throws. So, <laughs> so, so like, and then clearly... he went to the locker room and said, bitch ass Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> so that defensive play kind of kind of helped them. But um, yeah, man, I, I'm not too worried about it. I gotta, I need a couple more games of Clay Thompson missing yeah. free throws to me, for me to officially uh, start to question it. But um, and, and Draymond, yeah, I mean Draymond's the point guard. I don't, I don't care what it says. Don't try to think in your head that this team is better without Draymond Green. Oh, no, I, like not. just don't try and convince yourself because they're not. And that's just that's just, that's that's not even subjective. It's objective that yeah. Draymond is. They, he makes the team better. There's absolutely no doubt.
1: No, no doubt that Draymond makes a team better, but they. Could find ways to win without him it doesn't need to be in common occurrence but it was just nice to know that yesterday they could get the job done without him there
0: yeah like jordan I'm... like like clay can make another couple of free throws and, and just bring me out of it kind of like jordan pool did like jordan pool i'm not gonna lie these past two games we we're wondering was it a fatigue factor did yeah. denver maybe give memphis something on how to guard him like what's going on here and it turns out that um it it looked like it was more of a fatigue thing than anything with how physical they were playing. Yeah. I want to see how he does in, you know, games 4 and 5 or whatever. Whenever, you know, they're done in in Chase Center and then they go back to Memphis if it comes to that. So, uh but I'm not worried about Jordan Poole, I can tell you that. No, I'm not either and yeah, Steven I'm with you man. Like
1: I don't want Wiggins going for 40 either when you got those guys on the floor. But there are going to be games where the three points don't fall. It's just going to happen. We've we've seen it where
0: talking about Stephen Babb, by the way, not me. I know. Yes,
1: I should clarify. I'm there's just letting let the Stephen.
0: viewers know, bro. Come on, we got, you should. We got
1: millions out there, the the billions, the billions, oh, no, as they god. said on uh, Joe Lo and Dibs. Oh god. Um, man. but yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm with you. I don't want Andrew Wiggins going for 40, but there's going to be games like the game they lost in Denver where. The threes aren't going to fall. It's going to be a rough game for Steph, or it's going to be a rough game for Clay, or it's even going to be a rough game for Poole. It happens, Stephen. We always see it. And mm. we need somebody to take over the game in the post. And that guy could be Andrew Wiggins. That's why I sent out that stupid tweet that one of these games, there will need to be an Andrew Wiggins game. Maybe. Hopefully not, but it could happen. <sighs> I'm just hoping maybe it happens. Actually, I don't want it to happen. Because I want all the I want those threes to fall all the time, but sometimes they just don't. Like that's the reason Steph didn't win the MVP in the twenty eighteen finals. He was playing great the first two games and then had a horrendous
0: game three and Kevin Durant stole it from him. God, if you have if you need an Andrew Wiggins game, your team is I don't not, need not an playing Andrew very Wiggins well. Game. I don't need an
1: Andrew Wiggins game. I'm just saying that it'd be nice if they're not playing well. <laughs> But, Steven, I think we got the best-case scenario yesterday. Draymond gets thrown out. He's visibly pissed off. They win the game. They're up 1-0 in Memphis, and they're coming back, not playing their best basketball, while the Grizzlies thought they played their best basketball, and they didn't have great shooting performances from Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. But they're probably going to come out with a lot of intensity. But so will Clay Thompson. He's going to be upset for missing those free throws. And you're going to be damn sure that Draymond's going to come out with a lot of intensity. So I'd say everything's looking pretty good for the Warriors right now. Best case scenario, they won the game without Draymond. They go up 2 0. Then I think this may be a sell here because Memphis is a great team. But that was a big time win for the Warriors and a huge loss for the Grizzlies yesterday
0: yeah I'm not gonna be afraid to say that the Warriors are gonna sweep if they win game two like they are just that good at chase center to me like even if they play one of the like even game five wasn't their best game at home yet they still managed to find a way to win I don't think if the crowd wakes up what if the crowd wakes up they had problems in game five they did they did I've I've I'm 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 apparently not going to say anything about the crowd ever again because good lord the onslaught of texts that I got after that on the on the on the Xfinity mobile text line it's just like oh my god easy I just said they weren't they were they were a little more quiet for six minutes beginning in the third quarter than I wanted them to be um that's but, fair yeah I know right then I, then that took me as just crapping all over Warriors fans hating Dub Nation and it's like what are you talking about man I no, stop it. Stop um, it. Was
1: that, was that Warriors World coming after you?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, right after some tweet about how Steve Kerr ruined that game yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but um, dude, like, yeah, if if they win this second one in Memphis, I am not afraid to say that they are going to take the next two at Chase Center. I think that place is going be to be going insane, and the crowd feeds off of it like they they or not the crowd the the team feeds off of the crowd i really yeah, think jordan Poole does um so i'm i'm excited man i game 2 i can't wait and it's and there's got there's some there's some hostility there i mean i know you got the suns and mavs i'm excited to watch that series tonight but in the end it's not like they're going to they they might get physical but i don't think they have kind of this um this season long not rivalry, but it's Memphis trying to take the Warriors' place as the new, hot, young team up and coming. It's like the Warriors, you know, they beat these teams. They get it past Memphis when they start, and then all of a sudden, oh, they start making more waves in the playoffs. Then they win the championship. Memphis wants to be the new version of the Warriors. so And they made that known earlier this season. And now it's starting to get a little hostility, a, a little no. hostile. I mean, yes. This, this series, man. Who? I think Game Two is going to be wild. No, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. The only thing I worry about is,
1: I I do think there's a possibility that the, the Grizzlies steal a game in uh, at the Chase Center, just because they've done it before. They went in last year and beat them in that crucial planning game. People forget when the Warriors, their first playoff run, or the first championship run in 2015, the Grizzlies were up 2-1 against them. I know that's a different Warriors team and a different Grizzly team, but the Grizzlies have always been kind of like the the physical team from the West that kind of kicks the Warriors' ass a little bit. Not on the court, but just like, you know, physicality and everything. So while I do think the Warriors will win this series, I wouldn't just say it's going to be a slam dunk if they win the first two games in Memphis. It'll be great going forward but memphis is gonna keep coming after them and we'll see what happens a game too if they don't win tomorrow that's gonna be huge i just think yesterday was huge going forward for the whole series but you no, know, i'm with you steven this is this is gonna be interesting if the if the grizzlies can't get it done tomorrow
0: yeah i don't think that like what they were doing at the end of the set at the end of the first half dancing you know when Dylan Brooks hits this three and or Desmond Bain hits this three, whatever, doing all this stuff. I just don't think they're going to have the right mindset. And if this series goes back to chase center and they're down two zero, I don't know if they have the mental fortitude to come back and and just say, yeah, we can win this series. Like, I just don't think that's going to, I don't think it's going to happen. Although the reason that I thought the nuggets could, could get one game um was because they had a guy in Jokic who's the mvp and they had mike malone that's why i thought the nuggets could at least get one i didn't think it was going to be a sweep um i do think memphis can fall into that category of they got a star player who's good enough to you know beat you single-handedly but they also got a really good coach taylor jenkins i'm a i'm a fan of that guy and he managed to get this team help this team to a two seed even without John morant like People may say like, "Oh, the team's better without John Morant." No, that's not true. It's not the Ewing theory with this Memphis team because they had a good record without him. A lot of that has to do with coaching. So, um, I, I do think I'm I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm confident with the sweep. I'm good with that. But I wouldn't be shocked if they did take one game at least from this series, just because they got a good coach and they got a star in John Morant, and they also got some good other players too. Although Dylan Brooks, good lord. That dude, he just takes shots whenever he wants. He does. I Who's remember boarding? watching I remember watching him going back to Oregon because my buddy's an Oregon fan since he went there. So every time he, they'd be on in March Madness, I'd be watching Oregon games along with him. You know, and it's like the guy's like Joe Young. They called him Mighty Joe Young. Loved it. <laughs> uh, Kazemi, uh, who was the other one? Peyton Pritchard, all these guys. And then Dylan Brooks. Like Dylan Brooks was just constantly just hacking up threes. Remember going back to his time at Oregon, so I remember him very well. And now he's turned into kind of this, this heel for Memphis. I have a feeling, if you had to guess, Derek, who would be the one scapegoat among Grizzlies fans? Because with the Warriors, normally it's Steve Kerr. Uh, Andrew Wiggins can be that guy, too. Uh, Jordan Poole was actually that guy when Clay came back. Everyone wanted to blame Jordan Poole for their lack of how they were playing with the second unit once Clay started. Who do you think is that guy, though, for Memphis? Would it be Dylan Brooks or maybe JJJ, Jaron Jackson, Jr.? Um, I think the scapegoat, if the Grizzlies lose. Yeah, just the guy that everybody has to blame
1: unfortunately just because this is society today i think that everyone on espn will say it's john ja moran not getting the job done because he's the star of the team
0: Yeah, mm.
1: i wonder by the way who is defending desmond bain like who's who's on him it's usually steph steph was the primary defender yeah. on him yeah steph needs to like
0: is anybody doing any bain references with now that we're playing the Grizzlies? No, because that movie has uh, was out ten years ago, so we're kind of past it. I think still, Stephen. I I want Steve. I want Stephen Curry just to be like, "Oh, you think you could shoot
1: in the dark? I was molded by it." Oh
0: my god! Nothing only yeah. like a good Bane voice. You know what I mean? You, you what? It's only like a good Bane voice. All right, hang on. Let me let me try mine. I'm gonna. <clears throat> this better be good.
1: Bane
0: Smash I'm Bane Was that from the Batman and Robin version? With Yeah, the, that's from the George Clooney version That's <laughs> not from this new Batman that everyone's going off about Not that Dark Knight Rises crap It's all about the George Clooney with nipples Batman <laughs> I do miss George Clooney's Batman Just being like, hello, freeze I'm Batman <laughs> Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, made me think in that movie. Uh, I used to uh, think man, he was incredibly fun. tall, and then I saw him in the movie, and I'm like, damn, you're kind of short, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah. Um, no. By the way, so they approved a sequel for The Batman, and the rumor is that they're trying to do a realistic portrayal of Mr. Freeze, the guy that was frozen in ice and survived. And has a heart of ice, and freezes people to death. They want to do a realistic interpretation of that.
0: The realistic interpretation better be you got <laughs> the realistic realistic interpretation is be you better give him some crappy catchphrases. <laughs> well, oh We're my just bring back God. Arnold, huh? This is the
1: winter of your discontent.
0: just like, what are they watching? They're watching the old Frosty the Snowman from those... uh, I'm
1: Mr. Ice Christmas. Come on, sing!
0: uh, Come on, sing! uh. (laughs) It's like, what is is happening right now?
1: That's such a good movie. That's such a good movie. And then uh, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, Rubber Lips. Sorry, but Rubber Lips are immune to your touch. (laughs) Everybody... (laughs) chill all right Stephen so you were away this weekend did you see any of the draft or did you catch any of the the draft selections by the 49ers or the Raiders
0: I saw the selections um what'd you think think? well I think Parnum from Tennessee I'm I'm glad it looks like the Raiders from (laughs) Mississippi (laughs) sorry I thought it was damn it he actually is from Tennessee because he went to Memphis um (laughs) don't know anything. Not going to act like I watched any Memphis college football in my years. And uh, not going to act like I watched the interior of their offensive line with a clean, with a keen eye. But if they think this is their dude, I was actually going back and looking at the, uh, I was looking back at the, the starting offensive line for the Patriots. And uh, a lot of their guys were like homegrown from the later mid to late rounds. Like none of them uh, – I think Nate Solder was the first-round pick. We looked back at that one. But other than that, a lot of those guys, the fifth round, the sixth round, uh, when you really look at it – now, granted, were they the greatest offensive line? No, but they got the job done. So I do have some uh, – I do have some faith there that McDaniels and Ziegler chose the right guy. Um, that running back from Georgia – Zamir White? Zamir White. That's a that's an interesting one because they as we couldn't talk about it and, and all the news happened that they declined the options of yeah. Jacobs and Abram and Cleland Furl. Uh they at least tried to replace two of those players in this draft. I think that this new guy, I think he's gonna try and take that starting running back job. And then uh this new Edge Jacobs? Jacobs. Yeah. Not this year, but after this year. I mean, that's interesting. I, you know, yeah, we'll
1: see. I mean, me and Alon were talking about it, that we think that out of those three guys, the most likely guy to return would be Josh Jacobs. There's no, Cleveland Farrell hasn't shown enough to be, you know, the fourth overall pick and remain on this team. And then Jonathan Abram, you know, funny with the Solomon and Sam and stuff, but just gets hurt way too much and can't really cover. Um, He had a hard time with uh, Darrell Williams in coverage last year. But just to go through the draft picks, uh, Dylan Parnum from Memphis guard, uh, he might be your starting right guard for the Raiders this upcoming season. Zamir White, you said, from Georgia, running back. Neil Farrell, not Furrell, not related to Cleveland, from LSU, defensive tackle. Matthew Butler, defensive tackle from Tennessee, so they're trying to get the big boys some beef on the defensive line. Thayer Munford, Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. And then the last selection, Britton Brown, another running back. So Steven, you might be right that they're trying to find a replacement for Josh Jacobs. So they don't have to pay the first round money to Josh Jacobs and have a guy like Samir white who you know, could be less.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah. you got to pay Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, right? A hundred percent. And I think that if he shows something this year that he can take over as the number one guy, he will. Um, but Jacobs has a year to prove himself. I don't know what he's going to be worth. <laughs> The injuries scare me with Jacobs. I mean, I, I still go back to last season when he opened the season up, but scoring a touchdown against the Ravens, and he was just limping off the field like Debo in that game in Lambeau against the Packers. Only difference was the Ravens was the start of the season, and the Packers were at the end of the year. So, so um, I don't know. I think it was a good draft. I, I, there's only so much speculation I could do here. Dan. I know. It was a third-round pick that they had.
1: I know, I know, I know, and that's all they had, and it's well worth it for Devontae Adams. But was there any positions that you thought they neglected? Because they, you know, they did address the offensive line. Um, I still don't think they need. And oh. when Van Noy comes into play, I keep talking about him. Uh, but was, was there any positions that you thought that are glaring needs that they neglected to do in the draft? Mm. We still got time with free agency.
0: Um uh, somewhere in the secondary. Um, you know, I do think I was hoping that, like, if you were to give me like a list of, let's just say, because they had the two fifths. So, if you were to tell me, like, yeah, a third, fourth, two fifths, and a six, like, what do you want out of that? I'd say, like, in order, I'd love an offensive lineman in the third round, which they got, and then the second, uh, the fourth round pick so to speak, I would have loved it that they would have grabbed a corner in that fourth round just to kind of solidify some of the depth there. Um, the secondary always just freaks me out. Like every game, I, I, nah. I've never gone into a game confident in what their, uh, I've never gone into a game confident in what their secondary can do. Although there were a couple of times last year where that happened, could change up this year um, along with Yasin and Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Mullen and all of them. So we'll see how that goes, but I would I'd say someone in the secondary, maybe a safety too. You
1: almost got your wish, sir, because Nakobe Dean was fallen, fallen to the third round, and the Philadelphia Eagles snatched him up just a few picks before the
0: Raiders. God, I wanted him in the first. That's I how know. wrong. See, that's how wrong we all are about drafts. Like, what the hell? This dude's gonna well, be drafted between twenty and thirty in the first round. And he's a third rounder now. Yeah,
1: I'm but it was all good. it was all because. Th- People got bad info about him medically. Right. That guy lost millions of dollars because people thought that he needed surgery, and he was told he didn't, and he's fine. Unbelievable. It's bullshit.
0: Yeah, agreed. But now Tyron Matthew off the market. How about that?
1: Yeah, Tyron Matthew signs with the Saints today for three years, and uh, that's a big signing for the Saints. I They already have pretty good safeties, um, but that secondary may be the, base, the best in football. Um, So that's a big signing. And we're we're getting a lot more free agency stuff going on here because um, now starting today at one o'clock, your free agency selections will not count against uh, your draft picks. Sorry, draft picks going forward. So Mm -hmm. look out for more teams to sign guys. But real quick, going to the 49ers draft selection, Mm -hmm. they took Drake Jackson, defensive end from USC with the 61st pick. The Niners have a shit ton of defensive linemen now, pass rushers. So we'll see. You know, they have so many guys. Um, I don't know who's going to make the team right now. D Ford's still on the team. So it'll be interesting to see what the competition is at defensive end. They go with the running back as well as Kyle Shanahan loves to do. They get Ty Davis Price. I watched a little bit of him, and this guy looks like Elijah Mitchell, just like, a, like, like in a shotgun version. So... This is a guy that's right up Kyle Shanahan's alley, and I'd be interested to see. You know, they already have uh, Elijah Mitchell. They have Trey Sermon, who I guess they don't like, um, or at least don't play. They have uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, is that it for running backs? Yeah, yeah. And okay, Debo. so <laughs> and well, and Debo. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, like, it's interesting that. Kyle Shanahan always says, like, yeah, I don't need great players. You know, i running back. Or he doesn't say that, but that's like a film they could just draft or you just find undrafted guys on the run for 1,000 yards. But they go through them every year. They want to draft a new running back because even with Trey Lance, they're going to be a running team, and that's where this guy comes into play. When they do throw, they want to go deep, and this is not a Jimmy Garoppolo move. Danny Gray, not Danny Green, Danny Gray from SMU. This is a speed guy, deep ball guy. This is a guy that Trey Lance is going to throw to. So that's an interesting draft pick by them. Who else they get? Spencer uh, Burford, uh, tackle from UTSA. He's a, a roadrunner. Um, that's their team, Steven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, this seems like a good old pick to plan for the future with uh, Trent Williams for the long haul if he's there. Uh, Samuel Womack, fifth-round pick cornerback from Toledo. Don't know anything about him. Nick Zach Kel J. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Kalea Davis from Central Florida from defensive line in the sixth round. Uh, Terrio Cashford Fields, another defensive back in the sixth round. And then we got some QB competition with old Purdy bird Brock Purdy from Ohio State. As Mr. Irrelevant in the seventh round. From Iowa, not Ohio. From Iowa. Iowa State. <laughs> He's a cyclone.
0: Zackle J.
1: Whatever his name is. How do you pronounce that shit? I don't
0: know. But J is not it. <laughs> Zackle J. It's just Z A K E L J. Zackle J. Uh, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. Um, I gotta tell you though, man. Like the the Burford one, you're saying that they're planning for the future. Like, I don't know what was either time. McGlinchey or whatever. Yeah, man. Like, what is? But he's also a fourth round pick, so who knows? their offensive line is really in question. Like, very much. I think like this dude. We never talked about him, or at least I don't think. At least in my opinion, Niner fans never talked about him, which was how it should be for an offensive lineman but Lakin Tomlinson, finally got the name yeah. right. No one also talked about him leaving the team and how much of an impact oh, he huge. had. Like it's that huge. Dude was big on the interior. Alex Mack, who knows. Um Daniel Brunskill's still on the team if I'm not mistaken and yeah. I actually think that he is. Uh, he is. I think that Brunskill's um, one of the more I think just based off the name, you think, oh, Brunskill, not very good. But if you really look back at it, that Brunskill was fantastic. Oh, dude, um, he's Brunskill. got an offensive lineman's name. Brunskill. Yeah. Brunskill. And he against Aaron he Donald. Not in, the, not in the NFC Championship because Aaron Donald ended up taking over at the end of that game. But Brunskill in the first two games of the season, uh, in the two games of the season against Aaron Donald, he was a big reason why Donald wasn't much of a factor. So I think he's good, but... Lakin and Tomlinson and Alex Mack. If you need to replace them, not that easy to replace. Then Mike McGlinchey. Um, I think it's kind of messed up just to say like, Oh yeah, he's way too skinny and I don't know what he's going to look like coming into camp, but he's going to have to bulk up and oh, he's uh, got time. He's got time right? and he's got plenty of time to do that. But yeah, you know, it's a question at right tackle too. And they got that second rounder, Aaron banks. I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know if he's going to play. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with that offensive line. But Again, like these drafts, I never have a problem with the draft until I actually see the production on the field.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you, Steven. I was probably 100% wrong. It's sounding like it's leaning towards Alex Mack is going to retire. Okay. So right, right. They, they, they did not draft a center. Um, so there's J.C. Treder who's out there, free agent. Could be a guy they pick up. But that's something they need to plan for. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I think it's funny that guys like Rich Eisen, who's a huge Jets fan, goes on NFL network and says, um, the Jets are back, baby. They, they killed it with the three draft picks in the first round. Okay. They look good on paper with sauce Gardner. And I love, uh, did you see that video of Robert Sala calling sauce Gardner, just screaming sauce? No, I didn't Scared the hell out of him. Um, Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson All going in the first round, they were all, you know, perceived as top draft picks. Looks good on paper, but we don't know. No one knows. So, you know, that's why I hate draft grades, because they're so stupid. Who the fuck knows? None of these guys have played. That's why the movie Draft Day is ridiculous, because it ends with him drafting those guys, and you have
0: no clue if the team's going to be good. That's a good point. Yeah. We don't know. Well, did it ruin their cap situation? Did they grab another quarterback and they end up having to pay the quarterback over? What's his name? Mac? What's his name in that movie? Uh, Brian Drew. No, I'm talking about uh, oh, the guy. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Bo Callahan. No, the other one, the actual, the, the defensive end that they chose. Oh, Vontae Mac. Vontae Mac. Yeah. So, um, We don't know, but, uh, actually I thought the jets like after seeing that first round. And if those guys are as good as advertised, uh, I think the jets made the right move in not going after Debo and paying him all that money. Well, did you Um, see what they offered him? The offer again,
1: it was for the 10th overall pick and a pick swap
0: where the
1: jets would give the Niners a fifth round pick and the 49ers would give the jets a second round pick.
0: Yeah. That's an even trade. Yeah. Yeah. So they got screwed there, um, but the Jets got out of it for what they were asking for, which was a first rounder, then the second rounder, and then possibly Elijah Moore. I think that was a very real offer that was on the table from the 49ers. And that's mm. why it was reported that way. Um, I think something was leaked out there from the 49ers brass saying like, this is what we want for Debo. And oh, that's okay. why it was reported from NFL.com and all that. I, I don't I didn't think hear about ch- that. Is that is, is that a legitimate thing? Yeah, the Cynthia Freeland thing. Well, that's, you know, Cynthia. Yeah, throwing. but I also think that it could have come from the team, like, hey, this is what we want. Well, Cynthia does know the Niners very well, so that could be the case. You know, so I, I think that that was just out there just to kind of get, to give you a to give us a grasp as to what the 49ers would want. And I think that if that was their asking price, then the Jets got, got away with it. Um, yeah. Because, like, paying Debo all that money, at least for like I, I really think both sides ended up good I, I think both sides ended up on the right one here. Like I think this team is great for Debo. I think he's perfect for the 49ers. The fans absolutely adore Debo Samuel. Like he took over as the face of the Niners this year. It wasn't it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. The, like the quarterbacks are de facto face of the team, but it was Debo Samuel. And if he would have gone to the Jets, I just don't think it would have worked over there with the Jets. So yeah. in my opinion, I, I think both parties ended up Uh, doing the right thing here because I don't think the 49ers want to trade Debo either. That's what gets lost in all of it. I got called, and this would this is I'm not gonna lie, Derek, this gets me. This, this, this bothers me. And I try, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional, okay, and I understand that I'm a Raider fan and I have a Raider podcast, but I try and give as unbiased and as My real opinion on what's going on with the Niners, and just saying that, hey, I think the Jets did right in not trading for Debo because of all those picks. I got told that I'm a Debo hater. I'm a 49er hater. You could tell Langford is a Raider fan. And I'm like, dude, get out of here. I am giving you the real here. The 49ers need Debo next season. I don't think they could just carry on without Debo. So I think for both parties, it worked out. Steven. I get so frustrated, dude.
1: No, man. I'm with you because anytime I try to have an opinion about the 49ers as well, people come to me and go, Oh, Derek's just a just a Niner hater, an old Raider guy. I know what I'm talking about, okay? I know what There's I'm talking dope. about. And at the same time, why is that a ridiculous opinion? The Niners don't want to trade De- Debo. Why and why why do Niner fans want to want to trade Debo? You have the same yeah. opinion as my father, the voice of the Niners. He's
0: not a Niner hater. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just it, it got me, man. It got me because and, and if anyone would have listened to the damn show last year, which they were actually, shout out to the 5 a.m. crowd. Um, you know, doesn't count against a, the ratings at the 6 a.m. Uh, listen, the, Jesus. Hey man, six to six is uh when the ratings count, but them ratings are booming from five to six. uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh uh but that's that but you know that's not for my nine or takes that's because of dog house and just my my Timely comedic jokes, just uh, you know. I don't even need to go on about what makes me so good. What's this doghouse? The doghouse? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. that's fun little segment. You know, uh, Kyle Shanahan has his own doghouse, right? Like he puts Ayuk pettis in the doghouse oh. because they did something that they didn't that he didn't like. um But you know what? I have my own doghouse now. So anyone from the world of sports in the week that bothers oh. me, they got put in the doghouse. I like that. You know? Yeah. Who 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 went in the doghouse last week? Yankee fans, Dave Cavill, and uh oh god, who was the other one? I only had like three. Oh, Ben Simmons I think went in there.
1: Nice. Know. Did you did yeah. you give him
0: water? Are they giving any food in the doghouse or is just like lights out? No, but I have this ongoing joke that Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor are still fighting back there because you have a chance to get yourself in you get yourself out of the doghouse. You have a chance. But um yeah. Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor, they're still in the back fighting because in my first iteration of the Doghouse, that's when they both fought at the MTV Movie Awards or whatever awards show that they both got into it at. Got it. So I said, Machine Gun Kelly, you shouldn't be calling out McGregor like that. And I'm like, McGregor, don't let a guy like Machine Gun Kelly get to you. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there you go. All right, Doghouse. Don't worry, Bab. I'm not putting any, I'm not putting any of the listeners into Doghouse. Don't trip. It's all good. I'll do that. Just people from sports (laughs) that aren't going to (laughs) listen. Yeah.
1: so (laughs) That aren't going to hear it. So what do you think now? So we saw on draft night that Debo wasn't traded, but A.J. Brown was traded to the Eagles, and Marquise Brown was traded to the Cardinals. That was wild, man. And good thing they did because DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended for the first six games of the season for PED use. So it sounded like that dude was trying to come back from injury last year, doing everything he can, and now it's backfiring in his face. And I'm not, I mean, you would have to think they knew about this when they tr- made the trade for Marquise Brown. That's probably why they did this. Um, and I think it's a good move for the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. But they have Ky- they have uh, Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, and Rondale Moore for the first six games of the season. So that's a big loss. You, the Niners better hope they play
0: the Cardinals pretty early in the season. Or you could think that it's just a six game break for DeAndre Hopkins and you're saving him from getting injured the last six games of the season, kind of like uh, what happened last year, so you could look at could it that case. way i mean if they go like if they go four and two you know in the first six games, I think Cardinals fans would be willing to accept that so yeah that's that's gonna be that's gonna be fascinating man i thought the I thought the Hollywood brown uh, trade was fantastic. I think that dude needs a new change of scenery that like that Ravens offense. It's not going to work with wide receivers. If you're a number one guy or a number two guy and you're the number one, it's just not going to work that way. That's not how their offenses ran. I, I had a little issue though. I'm not going to lie. This, this got to me, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand how we all feel with free agents and, uh, you know, these guys deleting all their social media, scrubbing all their social media, just so they can stick it to their team and say, Hey, I'm going to take stick you guys to on- the moon. Right? Exactly. I understand all of that, but I do get frustrated by it. What I don't understand is a guy like, and it's not just Lamar Jackson. It's any anytime a player does this. But when I saw Lamar Jackson, like retweeting what the fucking fuck. And then him also following it up with a WTF after the Ravens drafted their center. Like, dude, this dude's about to be your center. And you're really saying WTF to the draft pick? I think he
1: then clarified as saying, I'm not saying it about the center. I'm saying it about Marquise Brown being traded. Okay, am I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 I mentioned that on the show. Actually, I put Lamar Jackson uh in the doghouse for that. I was like, dude, you're in the Ooh. doghouse. You're gonna be tweeting out your emotions there. But at the same time, like if he was tweeting out about Brown, fine. But then they reported that Brown was out for the 2021 season or after the 2021 year, he said, like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I request yeah. a trade. So I it, it 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 wasn't anything new. He he said he even voiced it to Lamar like this offense doesn't fit me. So it's like, dude, just like and, he, and it's not just Jackson. I'm not trying to single out Jackson here, but he was the guy this season. Yeah, everybody on the Titans, because this happens every year. But it's yeah. just like, dude, what the hell? And the other thing with the AJ Brown trade, like we can parse through it, but Mike Vrabel being yeah. visibly pissed that they traded AJ Brown him going on the media, going to the media, Rich Eisen show saying, like, as long as I'm coach, A.J. Brown is still going to be here. and Clearly not having it happen. I mean, you want to talk about the movie Draft Day. Mike Vrabel was Dennis Leary in this situation. Um, But uh, (laughs) I can't coach this team, Sonny. But to me, like, that's how a coach is supposed to react when their player is going to be traded. But
1: he knew too that thing was in the works for days. I know, but still, like, and then they got Traylon Burks, who's going to be the same type of player, not just as good you, as AJ it just,
0: Brown. It just makes you think about what goes on with Debo in the 49ers. The fact it makes that you think there was that maybe guys, that. what that there wasn't anything done there. That's really that's really for the past few weeks. Yeah. It's just been one press conference where a disheveled John Lynch goes up there and, and dances around questions about Debo's trades and politics his way through that thing. Like, (laughs) I I don't know, man. I I just saw what happened with the Titans. I'm like, that's should be what happens when, you know, coaches and GMs really want their wide receiver back. Yes. But it also makes you think that
1: Mike Vrabel shouldn't also be going on the Rich Eisen show and saying that stuff. Maybe because anything could happen. Anything could happen in this league. True. So what so what happens now with Debo? Because now we have to deal with this shit all off season. Baker Mayfield was so close to getting traded to the Carolina Panthers and it didn't happen. And thanks to Steve Smith going on Twitter saying, No, don't do this. And no surprise, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't traded either. So now this is gonna go on and on and on and on and on and on. And, on and, on. and I don't know. I mean, Debo I cannot there has to be a way for them to mend fences at this point for him. They, they will give him a contract. They probably will give him the same contract that A.J. Brown got, and they could afford it, given that their quarterback is not making a lot of money. The Baker Mayfield thing, I don't know. Seattle going to go for him at this point? I mean, he's got to... The, the whole thing is that whoever trades for him has got to take a chunk of his salary, and there's just some teams that are not willing to do that. And then Jimmy, he just got to, you know, get his arm healthy. But then there's, yeah. no, there's not places for these guys to go to. So this is going to go on and the whole
0: offseason. It's kind of pissing me off. Uh, Debo's going to get franchise tagged, right? I wouldn't...
1: I would say that by training camp, we should have a resolution with that. If, if either it's Debo getting a contract or Debo being forced to go to training camp because he's losing money every day, I can't see them trading him before the trade deadline this season, because it will do them no good. If it's where you're not going to do, if, if it's where he's just being detrimental to the team and not willing to cooperate and, it's, you know, Trey Lance is not progressing with him, then they may have to make a move at the deadline. Wow. But
0: they can tag him, right? They can,
1: but then it turns into I a shit storm. I think that's what's going to happen, the, but the Packers could have just tag Devonte
0: Adams. They did. Yeah, he wanted to go. Yeah, twenty five mil. That's the base. Twenty five mil and fifty seven yeah. guaranteed. That's the baseline there. Yeah. Thanks, and They're all about their guaranteed Thanks. money. So yeah, I don't know, man. They didn't. They didn't draft a wide receiver. I think that says something.
1: What? Steve, Stephen Babbs trying to be like Odell here and spread phony news. Yeah, breaking news. Mike Vrabel traded straight up for Debo. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> You see, you see that over the weekend? Odell just like trying to spread a phony reports that Debo Samuel is getting traded to the Patriots? What the hell was that? I don't know. It, it seems like Odell is bored and he's waiting for the Rams to give him a real deal. So he's just sitting at home with his torn ACL, just being
0: like, why is no one noticing me? Seriously. I mean, I don't know. Isn't he at like the Met Gala tonight or something? I don't know. I don't know. Who wow. cares? This Heat Sixers game is heating up in Miami. <laughs> That's going on right now with no
1: with no Joel Embiid. He's got an orbital fracture, and he may uh, have to don a mask in the next games if he plays in the series. He also got yeah. h- hockey playoffs, baby. Hell yeah.
0: You hockey playoffs the, are
1: great. Ho- I love hockey playoffs, man. Yeah, they're fantastic. I'm looking forward to this Tampa Bay Lightning Maple Leafs series because the Maple Leafs haven't won a series in quite some time, and the Lightning are back-to-back champions, but they're not as good as they've been in the l- couple years. Or last year. Listen to you. Talk yeah. a little
0: hockey. I got
1: a Canadian roommate who watches hockey, so.
0: Oh, nice. You've been watching a lot of the Maple Leafs or what? No, I
1: haven't watched a lot of the regular season, but I do literally have hockey on right now. I got one T V with the uh I got one treadmill and one T V going with the basketball playoffs, and I got one tread treadmill and TV going with the hockey playoffs.
0: <laughs> Can you get rid of one of those treadmills, please? Believe like, God, me, sir.
1: Believe me, sir, the second treadmill will be gone soon.
0: Okay. I can guarantee you. So the first one is sticking with you no matter where you go. It's like it's like uh, Kenny Powers in his jet ski. <laughs> I actually just finished Eastbound and Down last night.
1: Nice. Janowski. <laughs> yeah, Steven. <laughs> the way his face changes throughout the seasons, I give him like new styles, like uh, yeah, he gets like a chin change and like his eyes changed. It's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Steven, you and I picked the first round of the NBA playoffs, and it is Gosh, over.
0: What was that? So let's what review these. Pick. Oh, boy.
1: So the way I graded this was we got a point for every team we got right that won the series and a point for every, like how close we were for how many games we thought they we were going to win it. I subtracted numbers if we were off in what we thought was uh, the amount of games it was going to be. Catch okay. my drift? Yes, okay. I got. This. So just so just so just going through this. Uh, for warriors and nuggets, I said warriors and 6. You said warriors and 5. So you're right on the money. Boom. I get I get negative 1 on that. I stand for Suns, uh, Pelicans. I said Suns in 5. Uh, I was off one. You said Suns would sweep, so you were off two.
0: Suns and four.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh Bucks one and five. You got that. I said Bucks would win in four, so I was off one with that. We both were completely off zero points with Nets and Celtics. <laughs> Celtics one and four. Uh <laughs> I You said the Heat would sweep the Hawks. I said the Heat would win in five, and they did win in five. Then the 76ers won in six. I said the Sixers win in six. I got that right. You said Sixers win in five, negative one. I said Grizzlies would win in seven. I was off one. You said Grizzlies in seven, off one. And both of us were wrong with the Jazz winning in five. So in total, Stephen, I win four to three. So what does that mean? Next podcast, just
0: drip hot sauce on your tongue three times. All right, fine. But real quick, let's do, do edition- it now. I will do it now. Just get out the way. Now
1: let's do it next podcast. All right. Back All right, here weeks. we go. Next edition of Wins or Wangs in the second round of the NBA playoffs.
0: Who will come out on top and who will spend the next day on the pod?
1: Time for Wins or wins? Oh, yes. All right, so we got the beginning yesterday with Warriors and Grizzlies. Ooh, we got some music now. All right, Steven. So we already know who won the first game of the series. Warriors are up. We both were going to pick the Warriors to win the series, I believe. I'm going to say Warriors win the series
0: in five. What do you say, sir? Uh, yeah, I'll keep it safe. Warriors in five.
1: All right, then. Then we got the Bucks and Celtics. The Bucs haven't lost a game since Chris Middleton went down with an injury. It's been really impressive. And Giannis was just a, a force against the Celtics. I thought the Celtics were going to win this series prior to yesterday. And I'm still going to go with that. I'm going to say the Celtics win this series in seven. Okay. I think Bucks in six. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Then we got the game that's going on right now as we speak. The Heats are beating the Joel Embiid-less 76ers, fifty to forty-five. I'm taking a heat this I'm taking the Heat to win
0: this series in seven as well. Yeah, you think so? I'm actually gonna take the Sixers in seven. I think Joel. Even Embiid's without gonna... Embiid? Yeah, I think I, I think I think Embiid's gonna come back with a vengeance and they're eventually gonna win the series in seven. That's what I think is gonna I like happen. It. I yeah. like it a lot. And then we got the Mavs.
1: I like the okay.
0: and then we got the Mavs and
1: Suns. Um,
0: uh, hey. mm, Suns and Mavs. I'm thinking. Mm, I'm thinking Suns and five. Let's do it.
1: I'm taking Suns
0: and five as well. So there um, we go. How many different? Yeah.
1: Uh, I'll go back and listen. I forget already. All right. Sweet. I'm sure. I'm. I'm, I'm sure Stephen or Ernie are... Keeping track. Yeah, probably. They know me better than I do. It's scary. (laughs) Uh, Before we get out of here, Stephen, I want to talk about this real quick. What? I went to, uh, going around L.A. right now, there is a big comedy festival. Netflix is a joke comedy festival. And it was fun. A lot of people are performing. Uh, Larry David's actually performing tonight. Not performing, like a sit-down interview. This is the thing he canceled the HBO special for just like a sit-down thing that he did live in front of uh, an audience. It's around somewhere over here in L.A. Seth Rogen did something last night. I think John Mulaney's performing at the Forum later this week. I, however, got to go see Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl this past Saturday night. Uh, and it wasn't just Dave. It was him and a couple friends, as he said. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but the Roastmaster, Jeff Ross, hosted it. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a little much sometimes. You don't uh, like him. Uh, I mean, eh, some of his stuff's kinda a little too much, but I mean, he's a comedian. He's funny for the most
0: part. Yeah, apparently everything is a fucking roast, people. You need to calm down. <laughs> like, dude, you made the most effed up joke ever. Like <laughs> you know, but anyway. Yeah, basically. Uh, I don't John- to. I'm a general. <laughs>
1: <laughs> John Stewart showed up. Not announced. It was awesome. Uh he did a lot of good stuff. Um do you know the comedian Jimmy Carr? Yeah, the British. Yeah, he came out. Uh he solid. I, I remember him from back in the day. He did a lot of uh he used to do a lot of remember Comedy Central he used to do like Comedy Central presents,
0: yeah, like
1: stand up specials. Those were fantastic. I guess they're all on Netflix now. Um Michael Che, no new S N L this week. So Michael Che performed a little bit before uh Chappelle came out, and I don't think he had a lot of stuff written because he kind of just, like, mumbled through his set, and then he goes, yeah, they're telling me to come off. All right, here we go. Here's Dave.
0: Did uh, uh, did Jimmy Carr do his laugh by any chance? He did. He did his...
1: <laughs> 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 yes.
0: Yeah, it was perfect. He hosts uh, everything in England. It's insane. Yeah, every game show? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. And then the weirdest thing was between... Um, Jon Stewart and Michael Che performing was a musical performance by none other than D'Angelo, the R&B singer. Wow. And he rocked the house, dude. He's playing guitar. He sang this song that was just motherfucker over and over and over again. And it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and this was the craziest part. He was performing with, I'm pretty sure, on drums, Quest Love, But no one acknowledged that it was Quest Love
0: well how would you know it was quest love just based because on the drumming? they would
1: put him on the camera he put him on camera and i'm pretty damn sure it was quest love but no one said anything that and we got quest love on guitar it made a lot of sense because quest love is a huge dave chappelle guy um right he- and yeah i i thought that it was quest love but no one gave me confirmation
0: that it was quest love pretty sure it huh. was so they showed him on camera they,
1: sh- they showed him yeah they-, they went back to him drumming and, yeah, Big fro and everything. Like It, it, it looked like Quest Love. Interesting. Well, Oscar, winning, Oscar winning. What's that? I tell you, I watched Summer of Soul. Hey, oh, oh, did you see it? Yeah. Good movie? I Have, haven't watched the whole Man, thing
0: yet. Oh, it's fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. need to make time. Yeah, I was like, the Oscar winning director, Quest Love, not getting any love with, uh, you know, saying it's him. You were on a quest for love? For love. i <laughs> <laughs> you to it. And then there was Dave, and let me just say real quick, I know that uh, he's not the most popular guy right now, Um, and he says some things that I'm not a fan of lately, but I do think that he is probably the best comedian of my lifetime, and it was just awesome to see him. I'm not going to give any any way of the jokes because what I think I saw is going to be his next Netflix special. Um, There was a lot of production involved. He came out to music, and in the background, there was uh, a title called The Lunatics Manifesto. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be the title of his next of his next Netflix special. I'm not going to give anything away, he said, but he did bring up uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. And it was actually surprising what he said, but I'm not going to give it away. Because I was told not to. When you go to a Dave Chappelle show now, they want you to seal your phone in a... Like zip, not like a Ziploc bag. Like I, right. I thought it was, so when we got there, I heard that you had to do that, but I didn't know that like they lock it. Like you have to put your phone in a bag, but I didn't know that the, the bag was locked. So I'm sitting there with my buddy and I go, so are we just operating on the honor policy that no one's going to take this phone out of their bag? And he goes, no, dude, what are you, stupid? They lock the bag. Like you can't get to your phone right now if you tried. I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. I could, you know, they, they locked the bag. So like thousands and thousands of people
0: all lined up at the end of the concert, just being
1: like, can you uh, untie my phone, please?
0: <laughs> it sounds exactly like you. <laughs> That's bullshit. I can get my this phone totally- right now. The, the the honor policy here. I'm going to bring my <laughs> phone out and tweet this whole lineup. I think Jack White does the same thing. That makes sense. I think so. Where you, you, you lock up the phones because they hate people taking photos and videos and they want them to be in the moment. With their performance, but it was cool though. It was good. Yeah, Dave smelled good. Oh, he was he was great. Good. Spent uh, three minutes on
1: uh, what he spoke about in the last special, and I was like, all right, let's. let's, I don't want. I want this to be the whole damn thing. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Is what it is. Anyway, sir. Um. Oh, real quick before we get out of here, it is May. It's gonna be May, and. I'm so glad that this is back. I want to promote this on the podcast if you want to, Stephen. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Greek Fest, coming May 20th through the 22nd. You're going to be there, right? Don't give me that look.
0: We've been waiting for this goddamn thing for three years, now. You've been waiting for this damn thing for three years now. You oh, bring come this up every single time we talk. Yeah, because
1: it's Anna's thing. That's how we all
0: became friends. I know, but... Uh... I hope to make it but on the Saturday I'm going to be busy Friday we'll see I I, I think the Friday is going to be the day but um, hey man the Greek Fest is a lot of fun though and the lamb sandwich and the lucamades and the spenacopita and the uh, what's the oh damn it what's the cheese called oh the flaming cheese with the sausage yeah
1: we'll get in on again before the Greek Fest
0: to promote more then a euro
1: oh And then dancing, because we love to dance at the Greek
0: Fest. And then dancing, where you go out there and you start bobbing your head in a very maniacal way. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's really weird. (laughs) And I'm just sitting on the side drinking a lot of wine. What are you doing Saturday? It is my nephew's and niece's birthday party. Got it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll probably be there all weekend and you guys should be there too if you're listening or watching. Um Greek Fest in Oakland, May 20th through the 22nd. Get your tickets. It's great f- it's a great time. Steven will be there one day. I may b- I may be there all weekend. Hope to see you there.
0: Yeah, I'll see if I can make it like at night. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I'm I'm not sure how long We'll I, figure but- it out. We'll figure it out. It's always a great time with the Greek Fest. It is, but I do like to get there all day like all I day. do it. I make it an all day thing and if I just well, get there we, at night that that would stink but I can make it at night I guess can't I Yeah you you'll, you'll be fine we'll figure it out we, yeah. we 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 usually do our thing where we meet up at the was it the Tempest in Oakland and then we head over There is going to be a there's certainly going to be a game on and you are going to turn the sound on <laughs> That's my thing if the Warriors are playing in the Western Conference Finals
1: Anna yeah, turn the sound on. Yeah. Turn the sound on. I don't want to hear that Greek music right now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, everybody, we'll promote it throughout the month of May. Um, we hope to see you there. But we'll be back on
0: Thursday
1: to – oh, no, sorry, Wednesday. We'll be back on Wednesday to review the Warriors 2. Steven. Say what you always say,
0: And that is just our opinion. Opa! <laughs>